This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate Prostaskius, Leroy, Tiana, Jeremy, Jacob, Cheryl, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Booyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Keith, Logan, Punch and Potato, Jen Solo, Rajar, and Eric. Thank you all again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another good episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. You know what? Tonight, I was I was talking to my daughter, who yeah. is four. She'll be five soon. Okay. Um, and I she came into the kitchen, and I said, um, I I think I asked her something like, uh, like what's happening? And she goes, good. Like clearly a kid, a kid answer who like they weren't quite paying attention to the question <laughs> they just well, heard the it, tone. we all do that right like totally totally and i was like what's good she's like everything i was like man that's a great attitude yeah maybe you know she's what? right yeah. all right <laughs> everything's good yeah it's all good dad i was like you know what kid i'm gonna use that Tonight, I was going to say welcome back to another sciatic episode of Inspiration Point because my back's been <laughs> bothering me all freaking day. But uh, no, I thought I thought good vibes, good vibes. That sounds like like uh, like the better way to go. Mm. So how are things on your end, my friend? They are good. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, it's been fine. We're in the last week of the year. And, my son is too and i'm excited for my summer uh of uh not getting up on time uh that'll yeah. that'll be really nice uh of course we Man. are scheduled to move so that's going to uh take some time i don't have a hard date yet but it's supposed to be this m- next month next month oh man yep yep i'm very much excited how how are you feeling oh i can't wait just excited i can't wait uh every time i drive home from work i'm like (laughs) you know it's like extra annoying and painful i just want to like be done with it and like live in the community where i work you know that's something that i don't think i've like ever done it's you know nowadays being able to live i've always had within a very close proximity yeah. to where you it's not work, as common that's not as common that, that seems like an incredibly rare thing like unless you're working at maybe like a fast food joint or something like that where they're just kind of ubiquitous but man like there's like another my word. buddy who who that that is the that next is. episode a, a ubiquitous episode a ubiquitous of episode <laughs> and ever present just you know a like shallow and others. pedantic episode <laughs> mm, indeed shallow and pedantic mm, with my <laughs> bubble pipe um yeah and you know my like my buddy he works he's a uh, a pipe fitter which is like a specially trained plumber and they do they pipe a lot of things for like sounds like a pickup like, line uh, <laughs> i'm not 
I'm not going to go I any broke Andrew, than that. ladies and gentlemen. That's you how did. you do it. Um, but, like, he he's the union that he's part of mm-hmm. is down in, like, Fremont. So he commutes three hours each way every single day up, apart from weekends. And it's I, like, I man. Hope he likes driving. He, he actually does. But okay. uh, I, but even I used to so, like I don't think he likes the he likes the commute. But it's just like my brother in law used to do pretty much the same the same drive when he worked for Tesla. Like he he lives out here too, and it's yeah, like that that Bay Area commute is just it's brutal. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. And unfortunately, that work like from home life, man, I don't think that's going to work for plumbers. Right. I don't think that that's going to be an option quite for them. Nope. Um, you know, that's uh, it, it's definitely not a lifestyle that works for me either. But if people can have that option, I don't I think it's net positive. You know, if, yes, if we don't have to pay utility bills for the an office building that's only good for the business it's good for the lives of the people you have a sick day don't worry about it you know you need to take care of something don't worry about it just make sure you get your stuff done all right yep and there's a, so yep. many white collar jobs where being anywhere is just not that necessary you know it, that might be a nice side effect of the hellscape we lived in for a couple of years Man. um it like Okay, does it does it seem crazy to you to like look back at yeah. kind of what we just yeah. went through and go that just happened? That <laughs> like, that happened. You know, yeah, and I was looking around my classroom and one kid was wearing a mask and I thought how odd. <laughs> and then I thought, right? You know what's really odd <laughs> that all of us have just thrown caution to the winds and that, gone, you know that uh that that was it was the completely reverse the other you know not even long ago not even long ago this was oh, all not long ago different. at all um but yeah. now everybody's laughing and having fun and getting uppity and uh although there is more fist bumping now than ever right like i think oh, some oh yeah I think some little things have kind of maybe had a more permanent shift, you know, yeah, at least the more long-lasting one. No, not as much anymore. Not too much. Every now and then, a kid will offer me a hand like that, and I I make a fist in response um, because I I well I just got used to it, and I just thought, well, there's so much. It's just a better idea, you know. I don't know, man. I'm a fan of the handshake. Like, I'm not. I, I, I've never I, liked it that I, much. I perfected the grip. You know, they always said, have a good, strong handshake. And I got one. You can have a and, good, strong fist bump. Like you just, you got to try mean, to like injure the other guy. You know, you just, just punch him in. The, you just punch him in the hand. <laughs> I'd feel really bad if it was a lady, though. Well, you don't like, do that to a lady. Right. But I want to be equal. You, you, right. you, you dip her backwards and lay a smooch right on her. Wait, what? <laughs> my, my, oh, wait, I'm not dating wife, anymore. Dang it. My, yeah, <laughs> we, 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 we can't do that. Frankly, I couldn't have done that while I was single. No, no. <laughs> that that's a that's a good way to get yourself slapped. This ain't the 20s anymore. That kind of shenanigans <laughs> doesn't fly. Right. Yeah. Come here, Alan. 
Yeah, I mean, well, especially right nowadays. On, no. Now, now it, you like, get- aside from the the other implications, it would just be like we just got out of a pandemic. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. not okay anymore. Too much touching, just, you know. Too much. Too much. Um, I'm glad that uh, life is much more back to normal. Um, but there are some things that you know that can stay bye bye. Um, well, you know the the world had to had to go back to normal because uh, it it needed to be in good shape before our robot overlords come. That's you know <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's like did did your mom ever hire a cleaning lady when you were a kid? Never, never. Oh my god, never. She like, like refused. My my wife will. We've got a um, my my in laws, a lady from their church does uh cleans houses like a side gig. So we'll we'll hire her like once a month to come you know help us with the house and stuff. Good. And, um, but my like she'll come over and do pretty much everything. She'll even like do the dishes and stuff, which is really nice. Nice. Um, but <laughs> my wife will say, okay, she's coming tomorrow. Get up, so, get ready. So clean up. So right. clean up. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, let's get our maximum value and just take the Hershey syrup just and just start, spray it all over the ground. Yeah. Just throw <laughs> right. stuff everywhere. Have her come in. She'll be here all day. We'll really feel like we're getting some serious. That could bang definitely backfire, right? She could come in, look around and go, never mind, and just leave. And you're like, nope. Oh no. <laughs> What have I, I done? reserve the right to refuse service. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's no, right. I, I totally, I totally get it though. Like I'm sure my wife would be the same way. I've, I've brought up the idea of like hiring somebody and she, she just hates that idea. She's so opposed to it. Um, no, she should, she should talk to my wife and um, she'll come around. Well, they she'll should talk around. anyway, you know, cause yeah, they always they have should. a good time when they do that. Um, they do have a good time. Yeah, I've I've hired a former student to clean up every now and then. Um, it's it's actually been quite a few years since the last time I I did that. I guess it was everything that was pre COVID. When I get once again, you know, it always seems to back kind of when come you back just to have that. random people come into your house without worrying. You know, after I move, I could see that kind of thing possibly happening more. Um, because it's like come on, on over. the one it's hand. Right there. On the one hand, I like don't want to do it when it gets like really behind. Uh, but on the other hand, it, it, well, I shouldn't say on the other hand. In addition, you know, you're helping out a young person with some money, and that, yeah, that's just a win-win. It's not a tough gig, you know. It's kind of you know, it's along the it's along the same lines of like it's a domestic kind of job, sort of you know, like babysitting or that yeah. sort of thing where. Well, for some people, worry about child labor laws and things like that. Well, and then by that time, they're like, you know, 18, 19 years old, whatever. Um, Sure. So it's that's even easier. And then, well, and I can have them babysit. And, um, you know, I've had some play with my kids before and it it worked out really well. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a good gig. But one thing I'm really looking forward to doing after the move is really having those in-person games again. And oh uh, God, just I'm feeling that energy from them, you know, like when when you're doing your thing, when you're performing, you need that like audience, you know, um, feedback. And it just it gives you that energy in a way that not seeing a face, 
you know, definitely, you know, there's a barrier there. I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> right. 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 Um, you know, and, and, uh, making sure that somebody provides me with pizza because obviously I'll be the GM until I'm dead. Um, so, yeah, you know, you might as well come to peace with it. Man. Yeah, I know. Like, I am. I am. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you, you would hate it being any other way anyway. Yeah, I would, you know, to be happy as a player, I definitely need like a very particular type. Um, mm. and that's just, that's fine. You know, I, I have more fun as a GM anyway. I think a lot of people that, that GM regularly sometimes have difficulty as players. Um, it, it, I'm starting to hear that sort of thing more. I mean, you know, for, for better or worse, that it just isn't me. But from the the people that I do know that kind of are kind of, those, yeah. you know, no, you hear about that a lot. more frequent GMs. Yeah, it's a, it's a common the, thing. There's also there's like a power uh, a power dynamic thing there, um, yeah. You know, there's you, you get used to being in control. You do, you do. I definitely don't like backseat GMing. It's something that that really bothers me. Um, mm. Like if somebody asks for a rule clarification and I'm the GM, I do want to be the one that gives that, mm. or I ask someone else to find out because I don't know. I don't really want yeah. someone to butt in on a question directed to me and to, and to step in and, and answer that. Um, you know, I, it, it's a I little actually, thing, but it, bo- but it bothers me. I actually did hear um, a while back. I, I think I forget where I heard it. I, I might've been reading it and uh, it doesn't matter where you found it. What's the point? <laughs> Basically that at your table to yeah. make your, your life easier as a GM that, you know, we've all heard this idea of like delegating certain responsibilities to your players. And actually, if you do have somebody who is very well versed in the rules, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, make them that that person too, you know, so long as there's somebody that you trust and you just say like, you know, just keep in mind, if I point to you, I want you to give a, a, a rules clarification, but, I reserve the right to overrule yeah. that, and I don't sure. want arguments if I choose to do that. Yeah, that's I, I'm. I largely agree with that too. I I just don't want someone unbid saying something, right? Um, but yeah, if I point that is and you, and you talk, that's fantastic. And then there are times where someone pipes up with the right answer, but I don't want to go with the raw result in right. this case, you know, because I think that there's something better or more interesting. You know, or at least it makes more sense to me that I would than I would like to do. And now I have to now I have to have like a small. Well, actually, and I and I never like how that kind of upsets the flow of action. Um. So, but you know, I I I have all these little particulars and pet peeves, and I think that almost might be an aspect of being a career GM is that. You kind of like things the way you like them, right? And on top of that, I'm getting older. <laughs> so it's yeah. getting to the point now where I kind of likes what I likes and everything else is is irritating, you know? Yeah. Um, it, I'm getting, you know, get off my lawn age. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes, man. So you likes, likes what you likes. And, you and, know, and you were, were pointing all... out in the Discord 
you know, that I was, I was doing a little bit of old man yells at cloud, uh, <laughs> uh, last week. And, and that's fair, right? I think that that's, that's true. Sometimes I need to just get these things out of my system and I that's can understand and I can get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm talking to Andrew and then like forget that I'm literally staring at a waveform, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, it's for other people. You know, yeah. when it comes down to it, I, I do agree that every generation complains about the generation that's coming and right. They're never correct. Right. It's always like they're just young, my guy, and they're doing things that are different from what you're used to. And I don't like change. And, and you know, I don't truly remember the perspective of being a young person anymore. I it's think hard, I do, man. I think it's I have these memories, but it's hard to remember how you felt. Right. And it's hard to remember yeah. that far back. And at this point, I graduated high school in 2002. Right. I was 03. Yeah. And so it's been a minute. Uh, I will do a shout out. I know I keep shouting out the same person over and over again, but I have Jen Solo in my game. And Jen Solo is the exception of a career GM uh, being a player. She is a very good player. It sounds like she's a total boss. Yes. She's a pretty ideal player. I recommend people come in and, and watch us play and, and take notes on that um, because, you know, she does an excellent job. And, you know, even even with me as a GM, I know that there are certain sins that I commit when I'm a player, um, mm. which I need to work on avoiding. Unfortunately, I don't get, always get that much practice, <laughs> but that's fine. Sure. Um, speaking of GMing, I did want to get on to talking about our, our main topic. Sure. Let's do it. Um, we're looking at um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, <laughs> which I saw and not not man, the topic I had in mind, but OK, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I just I couldn't let the intro conclude without mentioning that at least that i saw it and i got punched in the feels a whole bunch of times good and it's uh it's a hell of a movie it reminded me of what it was like to watch a marvel movie and enjoy it it reminded Uh, me of what it was like to watch a freaking sarah mclaughlin infomercial about (laughs) all those all those poor animals for a one dollar a day. I will remember you. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Who thought an otter with robot arms would have more emotional impact than like 10 other entire films? Because who hasn't wanted an otter that was <laughs> capable of hugging you? That's right. I want an otter hug. Yes. That's all I want. <laughs> And you ought to get one. Oh, it's funny because it sounds like ought to. (laughs) That is why it's funny. Oh, Uh, yeah, it is. That movie uh, is top notch. And uh, just like everything else I've seen James Gunn do, which I will be honest, is entirely just superhero movies. I know he's done other things as well. I've only seen uh, Suicide Squad and the 
Suicide the Squad. Suicide Squad. Not, don't get it twisted. We don't. There wasn't any other movie. There was only the one. The one. The one. Right. <laughs> the other one was a trailer. It was a. You know, it's just like a fan thing. <laughs> the other one was a mistake. It was, is, I think, what you meant to say. It was definitely Jeez a mistake. Um, and I, uh, so I've seen that, and I've seen the the Guardians films, of course. And but just to get like four out of four, like just perfect movies, in my opinion, like I really can't complain. Hey, don't forget Peacemaker too. Not oh, a movie, yeah. but oh, I, yeah. that still counts. Great show. That was his baby, right? Oh, yeah. And the guy that plays um, the high evolutionary, he's also in Peacemaker. He, that's where I recognized him <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah. I knew I'd seen that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I heard about that after. And by the way, I always appreciate like a Shakespearean trained actor. Like you can kind of tell because uh, mm. they have a certain way of, of doing tone and inflection. And and that guy, you know, he just does a phenomenal job. Um, oh, man, that dude could rant with the best of them. I just I would love to hear a podcast of him just yelling about, you know, a bad day he had at Starbucks or something. <laughs> that's like a really really good idea like, <laughs> like now, just now my brain like is trying to think of how to make that happen right. I, that like that would no joke be a lot of fun <laughs> my inspiration in point starbucks and they didn't have their order ready and i just about lost my mind <laughs> 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 don't you know, you know what you're how to order. make this trick it's only rote memorization <laughs> it's only rote rote memorization oh my goodness uh really so really a great movie highly recommend 10 out of 10 go watch it 10 out of 10 raccoons um 10 out of 10 raccoons. Squeak, squeak, baby. Squeak, squeak, squeaker. Uh, squeak, squeak them. So I <laughs> wanted to get that out of the way just, <laughs> just to make sure we were on the same page. And now we can seamlessly transition <laughs> into your topic. Well, just I like the high evolutionary with bated breath was, was trying to cobble together the perfect beings. So, too, uh, do we try to cobble together the perfect role-playing system. Um, mm. Well, in this case, I'm actually not trying to do that as much as I'm trying to uh, adapt uh, Dungeons & Dragons. And, uh, you know, this is not a D&D is broken argument, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's It can be fashionable to say that, right? And But that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to do here. Okay. I think where where people are at these days, because I am far from the only one doing this, um, people are wondering what else is out there. Um, they're looking at other systems that are similar to Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and there and uh, you know maybe Pathfinder isn't necessarily your jam. It's not my favorite system. I I mean, mm-hmm. if I have a good group, I'll play anything. It doesn't matter if the group is good, right? right? But it, if I can get a little bit of that combat crunch and get my role play on, you know, that's that's kind of where I want to live. That sounds like an amazing breakfast cereal. <laughs> it's right. Combat crunch. 
it's crunchy and nutritious, right? Like, mm. it's kind of what you want. Um, it's crunchy even in milk. Even in milk, mm. man. Mm. And so, the other big reason, obviously, that people are doing this is because people want to leave Wizards of the Coast. But they love mm. Dungeons and Dragons. So, it's a, it's a difficult thing. So, you have some options, right? You can play one of these systems. You can just play what you have. You can go back to old stuff. You can uh, take the route that a lot of people are doing where you just go rules light and then tell whatever story that you want to tell. And I think that if you're a group that's much more focused on the RP aspect, then that's you don't need anything more than that. Right. Like, I think that fate is fantastic. And there are other systems that are like that, that that will do it. I think where what fate doesn't do though, is provide you with that sort of single player game where you are like having fun with builds. Um, You know, I'm sure Mm. there's some fate fans out there that would say, well, actually it's like, uh, it's not the same. It's not the same. So I, I don't think anybody would try to argue that it's the same. Well, no, and I know that you and I are going to differ because I am not necessarily not necessarily an optimizer, but I do want my build to do something interesting. I want to do something wacky. I like to make classes do things they're not supposed to do, Um, you know, whereas now let me let me ask you. Sure, sure, sure. Why do you think that is? versus versus leaning into what the class is is supposed to do why do you feel the need to try to like twist it break it or bend it into doing something that it wasn't intended for yeah you know that's a that's a really good question i think it's it part of the fun is seeing if you can right seeing if right. you can um pull something off that not everyone does. Right. Um, and I'm like this with a lot of video games too, uh, where like, if I'm playing Elden ring, I know that there are certain items that are just so amazing. So I don't want to play with them. Mm. Right. Like I don't want to play with rivers of blood because it's just the best. Um, mm. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to use blasphemous blade because it's too strong. Right. I want to do something that's kind of weird. That's, that's a little bit, not necessarily challenging, but it just has a certain skill flavor that I'm looking for. Because I, so, I, I still want to win, <laughs> right? But so, there so is that. you, you, hmm. So, it, what I'm looking for in all of these games, like when it comes to the combat, it's not about just like winning. It's about that skill expression that we've talked about before. It's about uh-huh. delivering what who my character is through their moves mm-hmm. does that make sense one time yeah. I, I had a a big success with this it was actually back in fourth edition um and our friend uh, chris was running a game um and uh, we were doing the, like this monster hunter game mm-hmm. and i was playing a rogue and my goal was to make uh, an avoidance tank i wanted to make a ki- a character that wasn't supposed to tank be the frontliner right and it actually worked wonderfully um, nice because I realized that most combats only lasted three or four rounds, maybe five or six. If it's like a particularly difficult fight. Sure. And I basically had that many. Oh crap buttons uh, that were on my character. 
Mm-hmm. And as long as we didn't have, well, actually back then, a lot of those were encounter power. So it was actually fine if we had several encounters. Right. Uh, cause I would, cause I would get them back. Right. So it was like, okay, if I get hit, I'm going to be pretty darn hurt. I'm going to be nearly dead, but I should be able to prevent myself from getting hit most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I can also, I also had the build would also allow me to draw out an attack of opportunity and it would be almost impossible for them to hit me in that circumstance. Mm. And that would allow my, my teammates to move around and do whatever they wanted without fear of retaliation. And so it was, that was such a rewarding feeling to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Whereas Definitely. I, I, I think that there's also plenty of satisfaction in just saying, Hey, I'm a big guy and I'm a barbarian and I hit the guy hard with the ax using, you know, uh power attack, you know? Yeah, that's cool too. You know, that's super cool. But uh, sometimes I like to do something wacky. I don't know. Sure. Um, that makes okay. sense. So, so what I want to do is look at my own sort of sixth edition idea. Right. And okay. which I bet kids, these are all my original ideas. Like this is like a grab bag of stuff I've seen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wanted to look at some general rules changes and whether or not this ends up being like an extra version of the game or like, here's a group of house rules that you can steal if you want, you know, either way, I'm totally fine with that. I could see myself writing out all of this stuff and then just giving it away Mm -hmm. um, just for people to enjoy it. And um, like, I I realize I'm not actually that motivated by money, um, which is odd, but I, I just want people to say, I like that. That was cool. Good job. Yeah. You know, that's really what I'm looking for, I guess. I, I think, I think one's ability to be motivated by money is also potentially contingent on the realistic possibility of getting said money that one is motivated, motivated by. Yes, Andrew, it is very unlikely. I would make money on this anyway. (laughs) No, no, no. It's just like, like in, there's not a lot of money in, homebrew D and D stuff. Like, yeah. No, you know, it's, it's really true. It, yeah. It, which there is, is unfortunate. There's a ton of Kickstarters out there for D and D and some of them make money. A lot of them don't, you know, it's that's par for the course. I'm still waiting for my copy of Heliana's. <laughs> you know, oh, really? Like two years later. Did, yeah. did you know that, uh, uh, the, the folks who wrote Heliana's came by our, our booth at Gamma. Is that right? Yeah, we got to meet them. It was, I mean, it was very, it was very quick. Sure. But they, they stopped by. It was, that's it was cool. pretty cool. They were nice folks. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay. So here's, here, here are my thoughts and sort of, uh, um, uh, philosophies regarding how I want D and D to go. Cause I guess the other place where this is born out of is I watch like the tramp monk and pack tactics videos where they go over like what some of the one D and D stuff is. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really love the direction it's going in. Okay. Um, and so there's just me going, well, I'm going to make my own. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
Okay, here's the biggest one. This is the thing that's, that people are going to be like, wait, 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 hold on. Okay, so number one, your your turn ends when you perform your action. The, mm. I've been doing this uh, with my students because they barely know the rules. And so I just I just move on after they perform their main action, right? I don't gotcha. one of my my one of the things I really, really hate is when I have to say, is that all? Is there anything else? Um, mm. Because now I'm like just waiting. And a lot of times players don't remember to say stuff like my turn is done or done. Yeah. Or end. you know, whatever it is, or they make it clear that they've used all their various actions. So I'm not saying I want to get rid of the other actions. My I, the idea is that. You can do the the bonus action and the movement action, uh, but they have to come before the main action. And once the main action is done, your turn is over. So any dialogue you also want to get out before then, you you need to get it out. Um, mm. I think that this is a really natural way to keep the flow going and keep players focused on a on a plan. Um, and now when I, I've done it. It's gone swimmingly. That that's interesting because like the first thing that pops into my head when I'm thinking about that is like, aren't there bonus action abilities that are literally designed yes. specifically to be used yes. after, after your action? The fact. Yeah, so, there are. So, so you would have to take those out or rework them. So that it's always before, right? It would, it could be before or after your movement, uh, but it couldn't be after your action. Yes. Hmm. But there are a lot more bonus actions that aren't that way. Um, most bonus actions can be done at any time. And so that's interesting. Um, one good example that I can think of is, are like the smite spells. Okay. So the smite spells, they're always bonus actions. And the next time that you hit, you get the effect, right? And you could theoretically attack, then cast the smite spell because it's concentration up to a minute, but that would be kind of a weird way of doing it unless you mm. were to like miss, right? Um, because it's a concentration spell. You cast it, then you get punched when it's not your turn. You potentially lose the spell and now you lost a slot and didn't smite anybody, right? Right. Um, whereas it usually would make more sense for you to Say, okay, I'm going to use Thundering Smite, and then you make your attack roll. And if it mm. hits, you use it, you know, and that's great. So interesting. What we're doing, what we would have to do is go through and look at the different abilities that are out there and say, okay, does this make sense given the new parameter? And that wouldn't be that hard to do. Mm. Interesting. So, again, the purpose being that when that after the barbarian uses their attack action, their turn has come to an end. I don't have to ask them if it's over. They don't have to declare that it's over. It's natural. And then we move yeah. on to the next action. Okay. Um, if you forgot to use your bonus action, tough. Uh, yeah. Try to remember next time. Um, okay. So that, that is the like kind of centerpiece. And okay. I'm actually kind of in love with that idea. <laughs> Um, because again, like as many times as I've done it, it's worked. I, um, I yeah. have, I have, I think I would make like maybe one request with What's that? that. If I was one of your players, 
Yeah. In in the case that like if I had put together a build and there are perfectly valid bonus action powers that could be used uh that would fit best if used after your main attack or your 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 main action if I made a point of saying I have a bonus action ability that I'm that I would like to use immediately following this and you you lead with that and basically kind of roll it into your action as as going like my my main attack is this and then this is going to happen right after it yeah. which basically demonstrates I've got a plan I know what I'm going to yeah. do I've been I, thinking about it I see where I you're think going I would maybe I would maybe allow something like that and I you know because it still yeah. leans into player responsibility that's not going to drag the mm-hmm. game down right which is what you're mainly going so for, I think. my what I would say to that is okay we can talk about that later but sure. but let's play it this way cuz you might actually like it better yourself um and i find that players do actually um fair enough and then the other thing i would say is if we're going to design the rest of the game around this idea then well one it won't be necessary and mm. two um it would only be more inconsistent and confusing to make uh certain caveats mm. So, so in that case, then you would tell this hypothetical player, <laughs> um, yeah, we we should sit down and see if we can modify this ability so that it gels better with what we're right. trying to well, do. Well, and and this wouldn't be a thing if I were to say, okay, here are the new rules. It wouldn't be me saying, okay, slap this onto fifth edition as it is, without going through and making sure that everything else kind of gels with it. Oh, right. Okay. Like going through the spell list and going, okay, which one of these doesn't make sense anymore? Um, gotcha. There are a God, lot of that spells. sounds like a disgusting amount of work. Yeah. But you know what? When you fill in that creative itch, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, I'm having a good time with it, which is odd. I keep thinking, why do I want to like go play a video game right now? And I'm like, I'm sitting there just like typing away. So I'm just Dude, feeling sometimes I'm that feeling writing it. bug gets in you and. I, I know how that goes. Oh, I know you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You, and you have a lot more writing discipline than I have. Um, <laughs> Some days it really <laughs> I know you love it like so it. much. Uh, okay. We're still going to use the D20 system. Okay. Uh, because that's part of D&D. Okay. Um, we still use the six ability scores and modifiers. I actually really like the ability scores. Mm-hmm. kind of wish they weren't called that, but that's what they've been called. So that's what they are. Okay. Sure. Um, I do want to make more use of the odd numbers, right? Yes. Uh, I that I like. Just just from you saying that, yes, because the fact that you have these scores that go up and up and up and up, and there are regular intervals where the number literally doesn't change anything mm-hmm. uh, apart from those very few odd yeah, like there's things a- that like like your your jump distance jump distance is, like is one score. carry capacity yeah which um, is requirements annoying. for multi-classing or for holding a certain item like you have to have 15 strength a lot right. of them are strength actually <laughs> yes Be, because it's always coming down to like your your physical body's capability to do things 
and and they need a way to quantify mm-hmm. to get to quantities that are like usually in in the high double digits low triple digits yes and so you know use the score it's a bigger number right mm-hmm. you know um yeah that's that's where i'm at so i just like i recognize that it's in the game and that it does occur but it isn't like as often as i would like i would like Agreed. for a character creation that i'm not trying to force everything into an even number yeah. otherwise i kind of feel like i'm doing it wrong right um yeah. that's I, that's some optimizer thinking right there it is it is and i it's a it's a part of optimization i don't like but yeah. what i but what i really don't like is missing an attack right <laughs> so. that that is that is also not so great. Um, actually, um, the unluckiest player I know uh, <laughs> is also in one of my patron games. Uh, and he goes by Fallon Gore. He's one of our patrons, obviously. Oh, yeah. Fallon Gore <laughs> has the worst luck in Dungeons and Dragons that I've ever seen. And I've, I've actually played several games with this guy. And the dice just don't like him. <laughs> they don't. What is that foul? I don't did know. You, what did His real you life do? is fine. <laughs> right? What did you do to the dice back in your earlier days that have caused them to harbor such ill will towards you? I I I don't know what he did. He must have that, insulted their mother or something. Oh, um. But what anyway, would a, what would a uh, what would a dice's a set of dice's mother be? He was talking to me about doing a thing. So this is more his idea uh, where he was saying, I I wish there was like a resource I could spend like my hit points or something Mm. like that in order to get that win, right? To like hit because like I've seen this guy go like three rounds and not hit anything, you know, like more than once. And yeah, we've all been there and it sucks, especially if the game is you know like one round is half an hour that's like pretty frustrating um, which should be mitigated by your it by absolutely your first is idea. mitigated by that first idea uh at first i could definitely see a lot of pl- players bristling but they'll come to love it um <clears throat> i'm pretty confident about that but anyway uh he was like yeah what if we could spend some hit points and then i was like well maybe we can spend some hit dice that might also make some sense um, we really liked, at least I really liked healing surges from, uh, fourth edition. Yeah. I liked them. It's the same concept of, as using a, a hit die, right. To do stuff. Well, we I mean, even the, the DMG for fifth ed has optional rules basically to allow to for put healing that surges. back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, beyond just doing healing surges, can we do that sort of dramatic trope where you push extra hard? And then it like hurts you or you're tired, right? Like when, when Goku does Kaioken times 10, you know, mm-hmm. it racks his body. Right. Um, and you know, that's kind of a cool moment. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a trade off, right? It's a, it's a risk versus reward. Well, it's, it's also that partial of. success that we've talked about before. And, and players often will take partial success or success at a cost rather than saying, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's a miss anyway. Next turn. Right. right. Um, that usually because you feel stupid when you just do nothing. Right. Like, it's not a good feeling. No, I, it's not. I would rather something interesting happen than nothing. Um, so I think it's a good idea, whether that is in the form of, OK, you take damage or 
you spend a hit die or you take a level of exhaustion, you know, like there's a lot of different forms that that could take, but I'm in favor of it. Sure. Um, as an idea. So uh, uh, obviously all of this would have to be tested. I mean, at, at the, in the same vein, but on the other side, it, I think it's, it bears consideration though, whether, whether those misses are part and parcel to why other things feel the way they do mainly like, like landing a crit or something like that. Like if you can kind of force a success or if success is much, if your access to success is much more controllable, I would imagine that it would at least have the potential to diminish Mm. the, the, the feeling the of satisfaction of the, and excitement yeah. when when the big successes do come because you're like well i've i've been doing pretty good so far and also you could kind of wind up getting into the habit of just viewing your own hit points and whatnot as oh this is just a resource i spend which to be fair which it is they're, they're <laughs> right but the the way you kind of interface with that and how that can impact how everything else feels, uh, I would say at least just bears consideration. But I, <laughs> I also agree with you that it's the kind of thing that would require um, probably some deep play testing. Yeah, for sure. And, and I actually think you make a really good point about it possibly having diminishing returns on on success. Um, I think that, you know, I guess just my first thought would be you'd have to make sure that the, that the cost would be fairly high. So as to yeah. not, to not want to do it like every turn, right? Like it would have to like yeah. really matter to you. Like if this was like, I've got to hit this guy, he's my rival and he's the guy that killed my father or whatever. Like I wouldn't blame a player for wanting to push that. Right. It, but if they're like, just, I will never miss ever again. Like, okay. Well, I we mean, we don't want to allow that either. That this, this actually sounds very similar to, you know, some of our conversations we had with Mr. Robert Hans during fate school. I mm-hmm. mean, because that whole idea behind fate, right? Like to talk to him basically came down to the question of, how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. That's the whole game. How bad yeah. do you want the well, thing you're trying to do? And what are you willing to give up to get it? Uh, and I'm definitely not going to sit here and say, I don't want to steal horribly from fate, you know, to do this. Cause I think, I think that fate has a lot of really great ideas. Yeah. That should absolutely be stolen, not just for D and D, but for everything. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really like that. Um, okay. I really want to focus on classes having distinct gameplay and identity. I like, that. um, I think that that's, I mean, even in one D and D they're, they're trying to do that. Right. It's that, that's kind of the secret sauce that you're, that's going to be the hard part, right? Trying to make sure that everything feels. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's just, that's just a principle of good game design in general. I mean, like, uh, like if you look at, Overwatch back in the day when they were first debuting like all these different characters and things just from the original roster even when it was like what 16 characters or whatever yeah. if you look at them all in a lineup they all even just visually they all have these very distinct silhouettes 
And then when mm-hmm. you're playing yeah. them the way they behave, like each one of them feels very, very distinct and they have that grounded sense of identity. And so I think I think that trying to do that here, like you're trying to do, makes makes absolutely perfect sense. Like that's a that's we, almost that's almost a no brainer. We we don't want the barbarian, paladin, and fighter and ranger to feel like the same class with different skills, right? Yeah. We we want the gameplay approach to each of them to have some similarity, but to be very very distinct. So yeah um that's that's something that that's where like 99 percent of the work is probably gonna go right yeah um here's another thing that's important to me uh you make a choice at every level define Uh, define choice like what kind of choice so that's a good question so what we're talking about are like build path ideas sure um and no matter how minor they are i want you to make some sort of decision right so i want so like at every may- level you like have maybe- at least an A B choice. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, or at least most of your levels, you know. Like maybe your first level, maybe you don't get as much, except for like the initial combination of like race, class, background, and stuff like that. But um, you know, because that's kind of like your tutorial level. Like you you have to like learn how to play your your class. Right. But once you've got a handle on the basics, you should be able to start having more personal expression in that game. Right. And I whether think, whether that's an A-B choice or picking a spell, something, I want there to be something. I, th- I th- even if it's I would, minor, I would maybe even disagree with the first level thing mm-hmm. just in that, like, you can still offer a choice. Yeah. It can just be a choice between very simple but very thematic things. That's also a good idea. You know, the first level is not the place to put your, you know, heavily nuanced things. That is the stuff where it's like, you want to make sure that that, uh, that the player is at least a couple levels deep. It's like, okay, you've, you've gone far enough where you, it's safe to assume that you understand how this class is functioning. So you can appreciate this nuance yeah but at that first level like you know like when you're if you're playing a cleric or a wizard and you know you're picking a a school of magic to focus on or that sort of thing where it's basically it's a label but it's a label with flavor and it starts you know it starts conjuring images in your head about like this is the kind of character that i'm making and gives you that kind of helps you paint the picture right yeah, that's what we're trying to do with with customization. Where exactly. I don't I don't want to go with like Pathfinder where there's a lot of choices, but most of them are like boiled down to plus one to this, plus one to that. Yeah. Um I'm speaking mostly about uh version one. I haven't my only experience with version two is Wrath of the Righteous, mm-hmm. uh, which is a video game, and I didn't care for it. Um let's see. Um but yeah, we want to have some kind of decision absolutely okay um one thing that i again i'm going to keep referring to fourth edition in a lot of places because i I really think the only place where fourth edition really went wrong was just changing too much too quickly and then like um not having as much class identity i know not everyone's going to agree with that i know robert doesn't agree with that um but i think that um i think it's reasonable to say a lot of people at least felt 
like fourth edition didn't have as much class identity. Um, so, uh, one thing I did think that they did really well though, was making sure you didn't have so much going on that you got too overwhelmed, uh, at a certain, Mm. at a certain level, you would actually start to replace old powers with new ones. Um, I, I did, I did like that. That was, that was well thought out. I think doing something like a loadout might be good or possibly replacements or just we're always building on like mostly existing things. Like we want the number of stuff that you can do to be customizable and varied, but we don't want you to hold like 30 different cards in your hand. And then you're not sure what to do. Um, Cause you're just you overwhelmed know, with information. I, I almost wonder if, if, Part Except of the, for the wizard. The wizard's going to have 30 cards in their hand. <laughs> yeah. That's part um, of the joy of being the wizard or the artificer, right? So, or, I mean, that, that'll be like kind of part of their identity. I'd maybe put joy in air quotes on that one, but you know, to each their own. Uh, <laughs> Wizards I, don't feel joy. They're above I, that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're above <laughs> such petty things <laughs> as happiness. Because I, I do think there is gameplay expression in having too many buttons, right? Like oh, some people just like that. Um, there is. I, I think I, a lot of times we pick barbarians. So we don't have buttons, right? <laughs> I I think, you know, one of the one of the I know you like passives a lot of times. Oh, uh, passives. Passives are great. I I like passives that I can choose to act within, I guess, if, if that if, if that like makes stuff any that sense. You can like plug it in and then forget it. Um, well, you, you plug it in, but it augments the overall way I can play with my character. Right. right. It, it sure. gives me things I can do. But it's not like a discrete single thing I can do. It's like, mm. oh, now my character can just behave in this entirely other way. They just have a new yeah. kind of mode they can be in or something. But um, I think what what can be helpful with that sort of analysis paralysis thing is just making sure that the things that you can do, the things you're choosing between really feel very distinct Mm -hmm. and recognizable immediately. So like if you're a fighter and you're choosing between powers, those powers should have like names on them that are like, you know, sweep the leg or, you know, punch to the face. And it better feel like it. Right. It better actually do the thing. It better feel correct. Because I think I think if you're trying to when you get stuck in those choices and by you, I mean me, uh, (laughs) it's a lot of times it's because like you might not quite remember exactly how that thing functions or especially if it's a thing that has like four paragraphs in it right it's like oh i thought it worked this way but actually is this other thing but it was named this i have seen you get caught in that it's that is the most it's the most infuriating thing (laughs) so if if the intuitiveness and usability should be top top position for uh in terms of design priorities i think I i think i agree um I think that when it came to fourth edition, one mistake that they made was everybody had a bunch of active buttons, even even though like you would eventually replace them, 
a lot of them would like every one of them had a cool name and all of them did a thing, but then every class was that way. Yeah. And that was, that was one issue. And then it was like, like when everybody's special, nobody is right. It, it was that yeah. kind of issue. Um, which, you know, people are just like walking around with cards in their hands and they're like, well, this doesn't feel like Dungeons and Dragons. Right. This, feel, this feels like something else. Um, but then and the fifth edition book is organized in such a way that you, you basically need to get spell cards anyway, because it's so cumbersome. Didn't they, um, didn't they do in fourth ed where, um, all the classes got the same kind of thing at the same levels too? like, like at level six, everybody gets a daily. That's sort I, of, I want to say, I want to say that's correct. I haven't cracked open the book in some time, but and, I do. That does sound very familiar. And that's that's the kind of thing that I think um, it at least was partially responsible for that. This this sense of like, I'm I'm going to put this out here for everyone. Something interesting when it comes to the principles of game design is that a lot of people feel like, you know, they worship at the altar of game balance. And quite frankly, it's not as important no. as people say. It's all especially about, not for a PVE game. Exactly. Like it's the illusion of balance. Like if you make a power that actually is balanced, but for some reason to the players, it feels unbalanced. You need to treat it as being unbalanced. Right. You, what you're looking for is perfect imbalance. Right. That you, a, asymmetry. You is want great. asymmetry. Right. I One of my favorite sayings that that I remember hearing back when we were in college was behind every great fighter, there's a wizard saying, get this rogue off me. Um, <laughs> you know, like there is this kind of like rock, paper, scissors aspect. Like generally speaking, rogue shouldn't be able to beat fighters who shouldn't be able to beat mages who shouldn't be able to beat rogues. Right. You know? And like, there's, there's something to that, that it's that we need, do need to remember because we're also approaching the game, wanting different things. Right. Um, there's a lot of times you meet a player and you almost know right away who they want to play. Like what, what is the first class they're going to choose? Yeah. You know, that's um, true. most, you know, I, I don't want to sound sexist or anything, most female players that I see that pick up the game for the first time play Druid. Mm. That's just a thing I've observed. Uh, they like animals. I don't know what to tell you. This is what mm-hmm. this is. A th- like, as soon as I tell the, some kids that they can transform, they're just like, well, obviously I picked that. <laughs> right? that. That is, that is the objectively correct. I, I get selection. I, I get an animal person and a, and a lot of, a lot of uh, kind of your cod boys, you know, your your guys that want to kill stuff. They look at wizard and they just go, "That's there's too much happening there." Uh, I pick I pick the guy with the big axe. That's what I want. Yeah, right? and I think we all kind of have our type. Um, yeah, that are that we kind of like go to right. Yeah, um, I th- I think so here um, here's one thing I want to approach because I, I do want to get to another rule rule here really quick. Oh sure. Um, and this is something a lot of people uh, aren't going to love, and it maybe even contradicts one of my last points, uh, which is I want to get rid of spell preparation entirely. Um, I want everyone basically to be a sorcerer when it comes to the approach to spells. 
Um, part of the reason I want to do that is because I don't really want to check what spells you have prepared for the day. Um, mm. I don't want there to be a lot of niche spells that are only good for certain situations so that you can prepare beforehand and then like ignore the entire challenge. Right. Um, I also um, think it's too hard to explain. Like I, I'm definitely talking from the perspective of, of someone who's trying to tell an entire classroom how to play this game mm. and like explaining that, well, sometimes you memorize spells, but other times you don't. And some people get to have the entire list unlocked for them at level one and others um, have to collect them and others only get a few every level, but they're guaranteed, you know, like I would rather just, just say you're all bards. It sounds objectively convoluted. Yes. Um, because a, little a bit lot convoluted. of times it kind of can be. Um, and I honestly, I, <laughs> I think I'm actually with you on this. One. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> Glad. Like I, for, for me, I think some of my favorite things from trying to do spell casting, um, especially back in the day, like, like one, when it comes to playing casters, I have never actually found myself changing out lots of spells. I think like, it's an easy thing to like, forget when, when I played lands of air, I had, I basically had my loadout yeah. and I picked those spells because I didn't really want the other ones. Like right. there were, there were some where I was like, okay, you know, I'd have a use for that. And, in a couple of these situations, but there are always situations where like, I never felt like, Oh man, I could have known that this was coming before. And then I could have, it's, it always felt more or less like chance. If I wind up in a situation where I could use something very niche. So I just kind of try to pick a loadout that could kind of cover, you know, a bit of each kind of base the best yeah. I could. And that's just what I ran with. But one of my favorite things was in third edition mm -hmm. it, from the Unearthed Arcana book using spell points instead mm -hmm. of spell slots mm -hmm. because that was another thing. Because you're more that, used to like mana, right? It's, and, it's just, it feels intuitive. I've right. got this, I've got fuel and I've got stuff that can use the fuel. If I run out of fuel, I can't do the stuff anymore. Yeah, that it's, makes it's very sense. intuitive. Right. It's very yeah. intuitive. And they, and that's something they that still do with like psionics, right? Yeah. Um and like key points kind of work that way. Correct. Uh, to the same effect. And I I definitely want to keep things like sorcery points cuz I think that that was a really good addition to the sorcerer. At the same time I d if I I'm afraid to change spell castings too much. Um so as it doesn't become like a recognizable game, right? So oh, I, I mean, messing with the spell casting in general is, a, I mean, we're talking about it's going it to ruffle feathers no matter almost what, right? flippantly. Like, even if you really have some good ideas nailed down, and you're like, I know how I'm going to execute this. The yeah. task of it is Herculean. It's a it's like, a big it's task, really for sure. big. But like a short version. Okay, here's the other reason. Here's the other reason why I think it's a good idea. Okay, because I think it also helps with your personal character identity. Yeah, to, to force yourself to be limited to certain kinds of spells, right? 
I definitely if, would agree. If with I'm that. playing a warlock and they're all about shadows and shadow magic and darkness, I don't want to take, you know, a light spell, right? I, I don't want to like, well, play you a can't death- have shadows if you don't have light. Uh-huh. Shut up. Uh, if i'm playing like a death cleric i don't want to have to take um protection from poison um because that feels nest like a a possible necessity that is off flavor for me right Mm. now of course as a player i can just choose not to take it but now i'm that guy right so yeah it's, it's something where i also want to avoid these kinds of choices where it's like well, this thing is so good, I just have to choose it. Yeah. Right. Or this thing, it's not going to come up very often, but when it does, I'm going to be really happy to have it, you know? Um, but I really actually don't want to take it. I just feel obligated. Like, I don't really want to do that either. Um, so I, I like the idea that your character has a certain theme. So they're going to take spells that go along with that theme. I think spells are also a slick way to get a lot of really good uh, flavor and gameplay out of your character without writing like 10,000 different class features. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think so also I like it, um, I mean, quite frankly, from the perspective of the other players, I think there's something to be said for, um, for making your character in such a way where your fellow players very quickly understand like who yeah what who you are what, what your job is okay he's the he's the lock pick guy he's the fire spell guy he's right. the you know whatever so they so they know okay when we run into this kind of problem that is this guy's specific basic guys have yeah. him do this is your jam. Get in there, buddy. The time your time is now, you know, and that that also helps you as a player notice when your GM has a moment for you. And it also helps the GM understand your character more easily and to be able to help them create moments for you. Right. I agree. Like, and I, I also think that there are, are some rules that invite cheating that we really shouldn't have if that's what they do such as uh, this is well i think preparing spells is one way that everybody cheats and doesn't get oh. caught right like oh, oh yeah, I, t- I had that prepared i had that prepared yeah for sure yeah. like so, like okay if i'm being a good gm then i'm asking all of my clerics druids and wizards all to right, submit what to me did you prepare today yeah and then i have to check it right I don't want to do that. I have enough to do, right? Yeah, that's it's it's busy work. So I don't want to do that. Um, it's the same idea as like when people roll the dice and then immediately pick that pick it up. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't trust you. <laughs> okay, um, we're running out of time, so I'm gonna like kind of lightning around these last few sure. and just read them, and do then it. I will you keep can just- my answers to cool or ugh. Exactly. Just grunt in the inflection of your choice. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'm going to okay. try to do that exact thing. This, this is going to okay. be good. I'm not going to explain anything. I, anything. I, okay. Right. Let's, this is going to be fun. Okay. Here's one that's going to piss off some people. Every class cast spells. Okay. Cool. Uh, the reason we're doing this is so that people 
uh, learn the dang game. Okay. Also, again, this is a good way to get flavor and gameplay. Next thing, uh, classes no longer pick skills. They get a full suite of skills. Wait, so like, like prescribed. So it's like you're, 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 it's still a limited set of skills. You just get the but whatever. You get a, you're going to get a generous amount. Like basically the way that I have it set up is we, we've taken skills away from the background. We're giving them other things. Um, and like, let's say you're looking at the barbarian skill list. You're no longer choosing to, you get them, you get them all. Um, Mm. if it makes sense for that class to have that skill, you have it. And like, okay. So we're not going to have Rangers that don't know anything about nature anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's friggin' inexcusable. I I could be convinced to do like kind of halfway here where it's like, Okay, you automatically get this and now pick two from the fun ones, right? Like, okay, you're a wizard, you get Arcana because I, I don't want to force you to pick it. And right? I I know this is going against what I what I said when <laughs> I know we've already we broken going it, into like- <laughs> this. But I I do feel like choosing skills are because skills are are such a such a varied human thing. Like e- each one of us have a bunch of different skills like us as people and yeah, and they sure. have nothing to do with what we do for a job or at least they're not exclusively right. tied to what we do for a job and i i i think picking skills are are fun but i also don't like feeling like okay i feel like i really would probably know more than this but i'm just the game is just restricting me because of we, we have to admit that there are skills that are just outright better, sure. right? Like the skills are extremely imbalanced. There's no way that nature is nearly as good as survival. There's mm-hmm. no way that survival is nearly as good as perception or stealth, right? Like perception, stealth, athletics, acrobatics. These are like, these are your big boy skills that if you didn't take it, and your class is at least somewhat relevant to it. You you've chose wrong, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're going to have less fun as a result, right? Yeah. There, so let's there are, let's just are, make sure you get that. There are thematic skills that all the class that each class ought to have. You get those automatically, sure. right? I'm then, I'm down then, with that. Then you pick the fun one. So we might go halfway with that. Okay. Cool. But either way, one thing that does piss me off is that the, the the book wants me to pick my class and then I pick my skills and then I choose my background, but now I have overlapping skills. So I have to go back to the class section to pick a different one, mm. right? Annoying. Okay. Um, let's see. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Uh, next one. Classes no longer roll dice for HP gains. They always gain maximum. Cool. Okay. Full stop. Uh, here's one. I think you'll like this one. All right. We're bringing back endurance. Endurance is back, baby. Constitution has a skill now. All right. Okay. Endurance was in third edition. I think it was in fourth. I don't remember. I was definitely in third edition. Third edition had way too many skills for sure. But endurance was something I liked. Um. Okay. Next. Bringing back hit dice slash healing surges. We already talked about that. Cool. Bringing back minions. Minions are great. We love minions. Cool, 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 cool. Super cool. Super, super, super. We love cool. to kill a cobalt in one hit. Minions are great. Uh, I do want to have distinct uh, boss mechanics, asymmetrical. 
building of bosses to um, really monsters in general to players. Right. I want that to be a different approach. Um, mm. I want the I want the raid boss to be a thing. I think we're pretty close to it. Um, we'll see. OK, I got I got a mid grunt from that. OK, fair enough. Um, I, I just, I felt like, I felt like the idea was just vague. Like it is vague. You're you right. Know, I, it is big. I guess there I, wasn't I'm enough really information going, for me to feel one way or the other. I, I'm going with the Z Bashu idea of having the telegraphed legendary actions where mm. it's like, don't stand here because this is where the hammer's coming down. So you better yeah. move your ally because on my next legendary action, it's landing and it's going to hit automatically. Um, I have tested that out with groups and they seem to enjoy it. Cool. Um, okay. Um, half damage on saves are removed. No more half damage. Mm. It's save or suck every single time. Now, um, you incur injuries when reduced to zero hit points. It requires a long rest and medical attention to cure them. Cool. No more downed characters getting up when healed. I I don't like that juggling where it's like a cast healing word. This guy gets back up. They can do all the damage and everything else they could previously. And then I knock him down again and we start from zero. So at first I was thinking um, of like forcing you to retain at least your failed death saving throws. Um, But here's what I got. Okay, listen to the next part. Death saves are gone. You are normally just unconscious. You only die if you are in a circumstance where being knocked out would be impossible, like falling into lava. You... You basically go the fate route. The fate route, yeah. You're, where you it's like we're not going to kill you. If somebody explicitly is like, "I'm going to kill you," can anybody right. do anything about that? Yeah. The other thing I wrote was, "You can be executed while down." So a, a monster can just choose to end your life. Now, uh, real quick, for that, um, you know, the dealing with the yo-yo thing. Yeah, I don't like that. Right. I. Full full agreement. I get it. Makes sense. Now this this might I, I I say might this would take a little more tracking on the part of the player, but no more than usual because you track hip your own freaking hit points anyway. So you're yeah. just going to keep doing it. And we're what, giving you maximum hit points. So let's remember that. What if if they're down in like you you could theoretically get the person back up on their feet but you track how much damage you've taken below zero you track those negative numbers and if somebody wants to get you back on your feet they need Mm. to heal all the damage that you have taken so that's not not a bad idea right you're not not just at zero you can get them up but it's gonna take heavy healing you can't just oh you're just back at zero even though you just you know, you got, took 40 damage with three health left. Uh, right. There's but no way I six one healing word. of healing gets you back up. That's nonsense. Yeah. And I get the point like where we're not trying to do too much math, but it's like as a GM, it really hurts your drama when yeah. like people are yo-yoing up and down. That's very Ab- frustrating. Absolutely. And it also makes for like, could you imagine these dramatic instances where somebody's down and your you know your healer has to roll to try to heal you up and if it's freaking close they're like you know if you get that almost that kind of uh 
that the same elation you get when you land a crit where it's like, am I going to heal him for enough to get him up? Or is he going to, are we going to be down a guy for another round? Like that could be a freaking tense situation. And it also creates a situation similar to what Fallon Gore was looking for, where, you know, I could spend a resource to kind of ensure success where if you're trying to heal a down person, maybe you there's like a resource you can spend to amp your your healing or like, you know, maximize a die or right. whatever. You give them your HP or something. Yeah. Like, you know, and and you can get more drama out of that, which is what right. we're going for. Right. We do like to have dra- dramatic responses to these questions yeah instead of just mechanical you know um screwing around so that's my two cents on that i think maybe I think, you, the, maybe you I think that's more than two cents i think that that's you know at least 18 cents good job all right um, i buy that for a dollar <laughs> that also reminded me of something i had neglected to write down i want to like toy with the idea of critical healing mm, um you could yeah. crit heal in in wow and it was kind of fun it is fun. It's very I, fun. I, I think it wouldn't be that hard to say, okay, also roll a D20 when you heal somebody. And if you get a 20, it's double or whatever. I or you get to roll the die twice, something like that. Something related to this did occur to me though, too. And I'm, and I'm not sure quite what the answer is, but the game was designed with the, with the player's capability to kind of do that yo-yo in mind. So that does make me at least consider that a lot of the like different fight mechanics and things and the way that the monsters were designed and balanced and stuff, they were theoretically designed with the players being able to do that sort of thing. Yeah in mind so taking that away may also mean that you have to at least kind of double check your encounters and make sure like my players are not going to be able to get up as easily as as they were before right what does that mean for the monster thinking my initial thinking means it's actually going to be a little harder to knock a player down Mm. but but when you do they're down they're down okay they're down I think that's another like it's going to come out in the playtesting. Absolutely. And that again, coming back to fourth edition, like I think like fourth edition gave you a little bit more health up front and um, that made it. I thought that was a, a good trade off. Cool. OK, um, maybe one more where uh, how are we looking? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. OK. OK. If we really if we really just grunt, we're going to be good. To All go. right. All right. I'll try okay. my best. <laughs> We're going to keep advantage and disadvantage. It's perfect. It's great. I love it. Yes. Um, backgrounds now provide starting equipment, tool proficiencies, an RP feature like they already do, and some kind of active ability. Cool. Every four levels, you get an ASI and a feat, but cool, feats cool, no cool, longer cool, provide cool, cool, ASIs. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Removing spell attacks in favor of more saving throws. Um, uh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Bloodied condition is back. Cool. Um, shields are now an active reaction. You can use them to deflect or mitigate a hit. Buckler only deflects, tower only mitigates, and normal shields can do either, but not as well. Cool. Perhaps dodging and parrying as well? Question mark. Mm, um, there, those are different things. It, 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 just grunt. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Next one: execution moves for players, cool. not not monsters. 
Um, uh, spell prep is gone in favor of a smaller specialized list. Otherwise, we are all sorcerers now. Sorks are just better at it. Cool. Uh, half races as standalones are gone, but are now customizable. Each race has a hybrid feature. You now select the hybrid race, then modify it. Cool. Um, we've been kind of doing that for a while. We've been kind of doing that on our own. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We already did success at a cost. Um, try and minimize obvious race class combinations to encourage creative builds. Orcish Barbarian is still a great choice, but Orcish Wizard isn't the outright wrong choice. Yeah, that, I mean, to me, that 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 just seems like a fundamental kind of thing. Like, right, that one should be know. obvious. And and they have, to their credit, you know, done a lot to to bridge that a little bit. Yeah. But, but there is some stuff like the Bugbear is just like, okay, you're either going to be playing an Assassin Rogue or a Gloomstalker Ranger. And if you don't do one of those, like you're, why did you even pick this race? Um, the half orc still had the like crit damage, but only on a melee weapon attack. Mm. So it was like, okay, so playing a spellcaster is the wrong choice. All right. Cool. Grunt. I know. I know. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> Uh, that's it. Uh, that's all I have so far. Other than a bunch of notes about the specific classes. I have actually already written out a document with the, most of the races. Mm. And I've also written a document, uh, five pages on the new barbarian. Mm. Um, the one fast thing I'll say about it is yes, the barbarian now casts spells. They don't do a lot of them. Um, if you, but now you can actually spec out your barbarian. So they feel kind of like a shaman, mm. uh, which is kind of cool. And then, um, we are largely using spells to address, uh, the main frustration with playing barbarian, which is getting to targets. Mm. So there's mainly we have like gap closers and stuff, but there's also some like storm themed things that you can kind of feel like for. Um, anyway, cool. if you want to check out more of that stuff, I've been sharing a lot of these things on our discord. And I actually so I threw up some, uh, some feedback for you on the, I saw that. I saw too. that about the formatting and yep. stuff like that. I'm definitely not worried too much about that just yet, but it is an important thing to have. Well, and, and to do to really, that, um, convey what you mean. My, my issue is not so much with like just the the superficial formatting, but more mm-hmm. like if Clarity. once you start reading reading over the uh, the the style guide, they actually spell out like when when an ability does something, use these specific this specific verbiage because it mm-hmm. conveys the message in a specific kind of way that that will yeah, um, well of course of course yeah it's it's interesting stuff anyway yeah well especially if i'm if i've only written down a, a half-baked idea where i barely know what it's doing <laughs> fair, fair enough <laughs> so fair enough um anyway that uh we're way over time but there's a nice meaty topic for everybody yeah and also go watch guardians of the galaxy 3 yes <laughs> do that it's uh it's good for you 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 uh you will be sad but it it's still good (laughs) (laughs) anyway all right so we're gonna wrap it there everybody adam thank you for the topic this was very very interesting you've got a lot of really good ideas i'm interested to see um 
how this pans out as you continue to kind of flesh it out and stuff. Um, anybody who wants to participate in the discussion, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and back us at any of the tiers that you see there and you will get access to our private discord where you can come in and chat with us and join the family and just enjoy getting some of that secret ingredient of love from uh, from us and the community and you can get to meet some of the wonderful patrons who uh have already chosen to hang out with us and stuff who we love and adore very very much and we would love to have you with us as well and uh all that being said until next time stay inspired bye 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 everybody 